Welcome to Grand Turbo MoneyCast, where you will hear the answers to many of your investment questions. The material you are about to receive is neither a solicitation nor an offer to buy or sell any securities. Please remember, all investments bear risk. Now, on to our show featuring Gregory Anderson, CEO of Granderson Wealth Management Group in Denver. Hi, we're with Gregory Anderson of Granderson Wealth Management Group today for the eighth episode of Grand Turbo MoneyCast. Today's topic is After the Bear. Gregory, thanks for joining us today. As you know, we've been in a bear market officially in the S&P 500 since June, right? That's correct, Steve. Okay, and then we've uh, there were a couple of other markets that were also in bears even before that, like the Nasdaq fell into the into the bear market uh, in March. And a bear market, Gregory, can you define a bear market for us? Well, the bear market is defined as having a twenty percent or more decline from the high, and we saw that. As Steve indicated, with the NASDAQ, and we recently moved into that with the S&P 500. So there's also the definition of just a correction. We see a correction when it's about 10% from the high. So we are definitely in a bear market at this point. With Twice several. as bad. Twice as bad as a correction. Correct. <laughs> and a bear market <clears throat> is not unusual. It occurs about, on average, every three and a half years, is my understanding, right? That's correct. It can last for how long, Gregory? Well, as much as uh, maybe 10, 10 months or so. But it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon if we go back to 2008 and we just saw the markets just increase, increase every year, which was very, very nice without a bear market. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're due. We were in an extended bull market there for a while, and and maybe we got maybe we got a little accustomed to it, took it for granted, and we've had to adjust our attitudes a little bit, haven't we? Yes, it's as you're as you're learning from clients. That's correct, Steve. <laughs> and getting a lot of phone calls, which uh, are rightfully uh, expected in times <clears throat> of this kind of a decline. And it's across the board. So it's just not one particular segment of the market. Uh, I think we did see more of that with the NASDAQ, which tends to be more technology-based. And it happened a little bit earlier than the overall broad-based market, the S&P 500, which was uh, we realized that um, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, it's – but I, I look at it as, as an opportunity, uh, particularly as – de-risking the portfolio, and also looking for opportunities for diversification. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about you know what the bear market means for investors during this uh, episode of Grand Turbo MoneyCast. And we're going to learn how to, how to cope with it, how to adjust your attitudes a little bit maybe. We're going to find out maybe based on history what to expect. And uh, among other things today, we're also going to talk about the investment tip of the month, which you have every month for us, right? That's correct. Okay. Don't let me forget to get that at the end of the podcast. I won't, Steve. Um, But let's go ahead and start talking about, you know, what can investors expect when they're in a a bear market? There's going to be a lot of volatility. Uh, We're going to see a lot of false starts. And uh, we'll 
definitely see more volatility on the downside. And I think at the beginning of the year when we did see volatility and declines in the market, a lot of folks said, well, this is just kind of normal. And uh, it's very difficult to know exactly when you're in a bear market until you see that 20%. So I think it was pretty much business as usual, as I pointed out, if we were looking at the last 14 years or so where we did see declines, it was just a normal uh, occurrence of events. And then we kind of pull out of it. And if you look at what happened at the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, we saw a significant decline. But at the end of the year in 2020, we actually had a positive rate of return for the markets. So it's a lot of false starts are really what happens. And in fact, um, with the NASDAQ a few weeks ago, we saw basically a what they call it's a, uh, a bear rally and uh, where the market was down about 22% for the NASDAQ and had a recovery of about 16%. And in a matter of a few weeks, we lost that. So it's an opportunity for us to readjust, uh, looking more toward value opposed to growth. Um, and that's going to be more on the defensive side. And so that's really what we're advocating for our clients at this point. Okay. You just mentioned a few really key things, I think, that investors, in my opinion, need to keep in mind in a climate like this. You talked about value versus growth. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, the value tends to lag growth, generally speaking. When we're in this expansive uh, market, we see growth companies like technology is a great example, expanding very rapidly, whereas maybe the basic industries, uh, materials, commodities, or utilities is a, another area where we'll see just kind of steady growth. It's uh, not as great as what the growth stocks provide, but they tend to be more defensive and uh, more mature companies per se. And uh, it's what, uh, you know, if you're a long-term investor, value has been out of favor for, for a while because growth has kind of dominated the market and value is starting to come back into favor as a result of uh, where we are with the markets currently. And you've mentioned twice now already the idea of being defensive. You don't want to be aggressive? At this point, I think it's we're seeing with the growth stocks that have been the, the shining stars over the last couple of years, that's out of favor at this point. And some of the industries that tend to be more defensive, uh, as I mentioned, would be utilities, consumer, uh, food, uh, commodity types of uh, companies and materials. And uh, those are types of companies that will always will always need to have that part of, um, of the economy. And Regardless if we're in a recession, uh, I hate to mention the R word, but that's uh, <laughs> well, something. Well, we are going to get to it yes. eventually, Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, areas that uh, we really need to pay attention to in that we want to invest in companies that will continue uh, no matter what. The, you know, because people need to, they need to go to the gas station to get their cars filled up. They need to go to the grocery store. Uh, there's commodities to for building uh, items that need to uh, that, that go into what we're 
you know, and keeping the economy going. So those types of companies are where we want to be as mm-hmm. far as being okay, defensive. So, so I think you're kind of breaking things down between discretionary and non-discretionary, aren't Correct. you? Okay. So are you saying in a bear market right now, people should be looking at investing in the more uh, non-discretionary I, I would areas? S- yes, that, that's basically where the opportunities are. Those tend to be more mature companies. Those tend to pay a dividend. And while we have this volatility in the market, we still get a return on our investment, which is great. And so those tend to be more on the mature and uh, non-discretionary side. So just to clarify, when you talk about value stocks, we're talking about stocks that are funds both that, that pay dividends correct what, what kind of dividends percentage wise can we expect typically yeah usually about two or three percent on an annual and, and is that what we're getting even in a bear market well is as the price of the stock drops then actually the dividend yield does go up so that's a good thing yeah it's a great thing okay, so there are some benefits to yeah. a bear market yes sir that's All correct right, there you go that's correct <laughs> i feel better already <laughs> Yeah. As long as the company keeps the dividend distribution sure. the same. They can cut the, they can cut they the can. dividend, yeah. That's correct. And they do. Yes. Do they cut it more often in the bear market? Well, it's it's a it's more prudent uh, in in light of profitability and that would be something that we would not expect that they would not do. So that's kind of a double negative there, but it's uh, but I get it. and again they would more than likely cut okay. in the event that uh, earnings were not where they And that's when you were. move all your money into a savings account, correct? Well, we, we can talk about that as a, <laughs> as, as a strategy as well as far as diversification because having cash on the sidelines when you're able to uh, invest, you have cash available, the stock price goes down, that mm-hmm. may be a great opportunity to buy. And that gets back to, in my opinion, that gets back to uh, – couple comments you made earlier which was you want to be a little defensive in a bear market but i think you also want to consider getting a little aggressive at the right time in the right situation when you have the resources correct yes because as you always say we're in this for the long Long term term. that's exactly right and i I think really what it what it comes down to and and it's not it's, it's more strategic in that if you have cash or you're investing on a systematic basis, on a monthly basis, you're dollar cost averaging. So that's mm-hmm. another defensive strategy in a bear market is having the ability to buy low and yep. sell high. Right. So when you talk about being, being in this for the long term, you're assuming that the, that the the stock market is going to bounce back. It's going to overcome the bear market. It's going to enter a bull market eventually. And we assume, we assume that because why? Well, we, we historically, we, historically, if you look at the last 70 years or so, the market has returned on average about 10%. And that takes into consideration the bear markets that we alluded to earlier. Right. So it's if you're in it for the long term, this is going to work out. So the conversations that we're having with our clients right now is that what what kind of cash or what kind of money do you need from your investments in the next year or so? So that way we can segregate that money out, have that money available, and uh, when the market does return to 
you know, back to, let's say, a bull market opposed to a bear market, then we're in a better situation. Plus, we've segregated those dollars so that you do have that money there. Okay. And those dollars are not participating on the downside. Okay. So, as an investor, I want to be patient. Cool. But I'd also rather not be in a bear market. I'd rather see uh, the value of my investments increasing. How how patient do you think I need to be in a situation like this? I would say right now, historically speaking, it's the next 10 to 12 months is okay. where we would say that, that we should be. for a bear market? Yes, yes. So that's the reason so. why I say <clears throat> if you know that you're going to need to take money from your investments, let's take that money, set that aside in cash so that you know that those dollars are going to be there if you do need them actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a typical uh, length of a, of a bear market? You said 10 to 12 months. Is that pretty average? Yes, that would be average. Okay. What's the most optimistic I could be? And a, month? Is a, po- a month? A month. So like a month from now, we might be out. Of, we how, do we be know, a- how do we know when we're out of the bear well, market? Well, we would see that um, we would uh, see a positive rate of return on the market. So if we were saying 20%, is the uh, is our definition for a bear market, and we recover that twenty percent, and we have a positive rate of return, then we would be out of the bear market. And would we automatically be in a bull market? Not necessarily, because the bull market would be anything over twenty percent is what the definition of a bull market would be. Okay. So positive rate of return, and what we want to recover what we've lost, of course. And so, for example, if you're down 50%, that doesn't mean that you have to uh, be up 50%. In fact, you've got to be up 100% to recover 50% loss. Do you know anything about the history of the terminology here, where, where we got the word, why do we call it a bear market? I would, I would call it a skunk market, wouldn't you, Stephanie? <laughs> Stephanie's our producer. <laughs> Well, it goes back to these animals, <laughs> bears yeah. and bears and bulls. Mm-hmm. And bears tend to claw down. And so that really uh, kind of okay. gives you an idea of what uh, a bear market is about. Okay. Is, is the way a bear usually reacts. Right. You know? right. So, so okay. whereas, a, whereas a bull market, straight on. With the horns. With the, lifts up with the lifts horns. Up. Oh, yeah, That's I right. got it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I can remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the reason why. But okay. those, are, I, those, are, those are symbols and just being in, around the industry for a number of years and, you know, particularly in New York, you see the big bull and the bull is dominating and it's just one of those symbols that this industry associates with and then we could also talk about pigs of being greedy oh pigs usually get slaughtered <laughs> okay good, so we're good talking imagery, about different animals there, Gregory. <laughs> so, so okay so we've been talking about a bear market in, in stocks and and all the stock in, indexes the major ones are yes. all in a bear right now correct the nasdaq fell into the bear in march can you also be in 
bear markets and individual sectors? You you talked earlier yeah, about absolutely, uh, absolutely. We we saw that in 2020 with the energy market, it's down considerably. Oh, that's right, considerably. That was um, way more than 20. Well, and I would I, I would just say yeah, easily, easily the barrel, uh, you know, the price yeah. for a barrel of oil was $20 in March of 2020. Right. And we're teetering at uh, a little less than $100 a barrel. Mm -hmm. uh, two years later, uh, we saw earlier in the year at about $130 a barrel. So that would be a sector that's in a bear market in 2020. But but now, that's it's kind a of leading a bull market. market. It's, it's a, a bull leading, market. Yeah. In okay. fact, as of last week, it was up 30%. In fact, it was up 50% in 2021. Okay. And we're talking and about the energy industry. Yeah. And as, as I recall, about nine months or so ago, you were talking about looking at energy yes. stocks and energy investments, funds, et cetera, as, as a good place for possible and, growth. Yes. Yeah. And I believe that continues to be a great place to be right now uh, because it has been an industry that has been depressed. If we look at another sector, as I mentioned before, technology uh, kind of led the way in terms of this bear market and looking at the NASDAQ, you know, down 26%. So this is something that, that, that you can have sectors that have bear markets and still have a positive return with the rest of the market. Looking at um, individual stocks in, let's, for instance, energy, do they pay dividends? They do. Yeah. Okay, so like uh, Chevron, Chevron, Mobile. Yeah, Mobile. Those are great companies. Some of the service companies like uh, Halliburton, Baker Hughes, those are Schlumberger. So yeah, okay. those are great uh, dividend-paying okay. stocks. All right. Um, and those are considered blue chips, right? Yes. All right. So it seems to me that might be a double reason to look, be looking at Again, those defensive, kinds of stocks. Again, yeah. defensive, as I mentioned, that we really want to be cognizant of the opportunities. But the diversification, <laughs> not only in the industry of maybe a growth stock versus a value stock in the energy industry. So something that's a little bit more mature, like I mentioned, uh, like a Chevron that does pay a nice dividend. Uh, it's been around a long time, whereas the same kind of a company in the energy industry that may be a growth type of a company that may not pay a dividend. So that's that's a way of looking at it, value versus growth. Okay. I want to talk about a couple other things. Definitely I want to get into the, t the possible connection to recession. I want to talk about the the connection to inflation. I want to talk about the Federal Reserve, what they're doing in reaction to all this stuff that's gone on. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just go ahead and, and cover the connection to recession. And boy, I, I keep hearing different opinions. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I heard we're heading, we're definitely heading, heading for a recession. Typically, bear markets. Do there is a correlation. Precede an inflation, inflation typically, but not always. Not right? always. It's usually half the time, Steve, that uh, we see that. Can you talk a little bit about how often, why, and why we should even care? Well, we should care because it's the overall economy. 
we're we're looking at what the economy has to offer in terms of its prosperity and when we do have a recession there's a downturn in in the economy which also is reflected in the market unfortunately and so we want to be cognizant of those opportunities as far as making money. There, there are ways of making money when, when the market does go down as far as market, uh, the bear market is concerned. Uh, generally speaking, portfolio managers will utilize put options. Uh, so when the market does go down, it does prop up the portfolio and actually provides a positive rate of return. Mm-hmm. But as far as recession and the economy is concerned, yes, absolutely. If uh, Historically speaking, if uh, you get a correlation of half the time that uh, when you have this bear market and there's also a recession, you know, people recognize that. And the government, uh, the Federal Reserve particularly, will look at ways of trying to eliminate these uh, negative uh, op- these negative issues that uh, cause the um, recession, uh, and, per se. And again, just to clarify, a recession is two consecutive quarters with negative growth in the nation's economy. Correct. Correct. Um, and there's been some speculation that we're already in a recession. We just yes. don't know it right. because reports haven't come out yet. That's correct. When the reports come out, and if they confirm we're in a recession, does the stock market automatically go down? Generally speaking, we will see a negative uh, return. We'll see a negative return with the market. The market will react very violently to that news. Okay. Um, interest rates. Uh, okay, there you go. You're, you're jumping. Yeah. You're, you're reading well, my mind. It's, yeah, well, that's <laughs> the next thing is that uh, this is one of the ways that the Federal Reserve tries to control the economy and the three quarters of a point last month in June of which 2020. We thought, which we thought was a lot, right? right? And but, now they're talking but, about 1% for <laughs> in the next few days. Point. Yeah, how, a few, how unusual is that? That's very unusual. And why are they doing that? Well, because of the, the inflationary uh, environment that we're in, uh, there's uh, the Federal Reserve feels that there's too much uh, Money that's in the economy, that uh, the stimulus that uh, that we uh, were part of in 2020 uh, during the pandemic, and that money, uh, that cheap money, has caused the uh, economy to heat up, and okay. as a result, they're and, trying to control. And the most recent inflationary report was just a couple of days ago, I think, came out and said nine, we're up 9.1 percent for the year. Yes, uh, which is the the highest we've been in 41 years yeah right so not good we're counting on the federal reserve to figure out a way to get that inflation down correct okay and we've talked in previous uh, episodes of grand turbo money cast about inflation and how that affects your investments and everything else so i'll refer our audience back to a previous podcast if they want more information about inflation inflation, interest rates and how all that's tied well it all ties in it all ties in and we've you know the factors that we've talked about in in the past in terms of the higher interest rate environment we've got uh, inflation we've got uh, remnants of the pandemic 
the war with Ukraine uh, is 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 an issue. That's not going away. Yeah, yeah. and money, and and also just the supply of goods, and it's more difficult than ever to get things in time. I think that's what we've done in the in the past with inventories just in time, but that chain, the supply chain, has been disrupted as a result, and that's causing these four or five factors to have an impact in our overall economy as well as the markets. Yep. So I did want to ask you one question about various investments that you can look at in a bear market. Seems like real estate typically can act a little independently. Absolutely. What are we looking at with real estate right now in terms of, is that a good investment in a bear market? The the yields on real estate investment trust, four or 5%, which is very, very attractive in this marketplace right now. As I mentioned, some of the blue chip uh, stocks paying two or 3% on, on dividends. And we really want to be able to utilize dividend paying investments as a way to insulate the portfolio when we have this volatility on the downside. So I think that that's a great place to be. I think energy is a great place to be right now. The I mentioned commodities, uh, raw materials, uh, I think is a great place to be uh, because it's defensive. And we just really want to be mindful of just making sure we have a plan of what we're trying to accomplish long-term as well as short-term. And that's one of the reasons why being in cash may be a great place to be along with dollar cost averaging uh, for a great investment strategy. Okay, good. Well, that gives us a real good basis for how to handle a bear market and what kind of an attitude people should take as they review their investments, how they were performing, um, I think, again, if you're looking at long term, uh, you're going to be good. You don't want to get too elated over the highs in a bull market, I think. And you don't want to get too depressed over the lows in a bear market, right? You just That's correct. Soldier through. That's correct. Okay. And I think it's really the plan. That's, the, you know, just having a plan and being uh, familiar with your plan, being comfortable with the plan in light of this defensive <clears throat> posture that we're taking at this point. And, and by the way, I want to point out, even though we have had a lot of bad news in the stock market and in other markets recently, you have days like yesterday in which the markets were up uh, yeah, one, almost one 2% percent on, the, percent, on the NASDAQ. Yeah, yes. NASDAQ, yep. And strong on the S&P um, yesterday. Based, based on, and even though we're looking at a possible full, full percentage point increase by the Federal Reserve, we're looking at some good reports elsewhere, like the 1% increase in retail sales right. in June. And, and one of the things that we didn't mention this time, Steve, is unemployment is still low at 3.6%. Mm-hmm. Is there is there another good, strong economic um, number that you're looking at right now that you're thinking, if we want to pull out of this bear market, this is a real key? Well, I think the employment is, is a good number. I think that's a great what are, what are we sign. at right now? 3.6%. Okay. Right. Um, you know, these are low uh, unemployment numbers and the actual 
folks that are filing for unemployment, that number continues to go down. It's about 200 to 250,000 claims on a weekly basis, which points to you know, people are working. But mm -hmm. as a result, with all of the folks working, that's also causing inflation in the economy because people are buying. And that's one of the factors that's uh, causing uh, this issue that we're faced with right now. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the long term. Do you have an investment tip of the month for us? Well, I do, Steve. And, and this one is more along the lines of, I'm just reminded by uh, one of our great investors, uh, Warren Buffett. And in 2016, he said, don't watch the market closely. And I think that's what the tendency is that right now it's in front of us. Uh, we see it in the newspapers. We see it uh, online. We see it with many of the television shows that we're just paying too much attention, which rightfully so we want to know. But closely means that you're doing it on a daily basis or on an hourly basis. And that's one of the reasons why I point to having a plan in place that you're comfortable with. Uh, we can talk uh, if there's an issue that you see that uh, we maybe need to look at with your personal portfolio. This is the time to de-risk the portfolio, diversify, and have a strategy that is more long-term than just what's in front of us on the news. So if you're uh, reviewing your portfolio hourly, for instance, it sounds to me like what you're saying is you're probably too tied up emotionally. Correct. And, and you need to take a step back and just kind of smooth things out a little bit for yourself. Take a deep breath and remind yourself that even if it looks real high right now, it's probably going to come down eventually a little bit. Correct. And even if it's too low, it's going to come up. Well, the Oracle of Omaha indicated this in 2016 when we were faced with Brexit, uh, the Chinese economic issues, the Federal Reserve interest rate policies, and just markets just being very tumultuous. So we've seen this type of a situation before. And as I mentioned, it's nice to be able to know where you are, but looking at it on a continuous basis is probably not good for you personally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't obsess over your portfolios, people. <laughs> <laughs> Investment tip of the month. That's correct. <laughs> Thanks, Gregory. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank hey, you, this Stephanie. Has, as always, been a real educational and enlightening experience. Learn something new every time I do this. I love it. Thanks, Gregory. <laughs> Thank you Let's very much. Let's do it again. Alrighty. Look forward to it. You've been listening to Grand Turbo Moneycast, where we discuss some of the most important investment issues affecting your portfolio. Check back regularly for future editions of Grand Turbo Moneycast. And for more information, go to GrandersonWealth.com. Have a good day and a grand portfolio.